0: get the notification new seven figures podcast ready to go let's dominate our finances this weekend i'm sandy waters thank you so much for joining the podcast showing up to our date every friday this is where we give you all the information that you need to be able to dominate your finances raise your standard of excellence raise the bar of your personal finance expectation you can and you will achieve it no problem we're gonna help If you don't mind taking a quick sec and giving us a review, giving us a hopefully a five star rating, an honest review of what you love about the podcast, what we can improve on, because we really do just want this to be a very informational, educational podcast. We want you to be able to walk away with something and feel good. Like, okay. That's my financial nugget for the day. I'm going to put it into motion and then I'm going to be one step closer to financial freedom. So thank you so much for taking time to do that. Thank you to our good friends at Family First Credit Union for supporting the podcast. Local financial products and services designed with you in mind to help you and your family save and spend smarter. All right, let's get started because I know you have a million things going on in your life right now. We're going to get right to the meat. Planning for the future, talking about Medicaid, Medicare, preparing for nursing home care. I know it's probably not top on your priority list, but let's let's see if we need to bump it up a little bit. We're gonna cash in with our expert, Lisa Powers, partner at Boylan Code. It's a general service firm, but caters to business owners and their families from succession planning for business owners to helping individuals apply for Medicaid benefits if something tragic happens and they need long term care. Lisa, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thanks, Andy. I'm happy to be here.
0: So we work our entire lives. We pay into Medicare And then when we hit a certain age, we just assume, okay, when we get sick, we need Medicare. It just kicks in or Medicaid. But it really isn't that easy, is it?
1: Yeah. And quite honestly, there's a lot of confusion out there about when things do apply. You know, and sometimes people are making the calls when it's too late. They're calling us and saying, hey, can we save anything? And they've already liquidated the assets that they would have been able to save. So that's why you and I are talking. We're going to try and avoid any more horror stories walking through my doors.
0: What's the biggest horror story? The, the, the one that you're like, God, this was gut-wrenching because if, if they only had notified us sooner.
1: Unfortunately, I've got a couple of them that are very similar. The worst thing in the world is when someone comes to me after liquidating an IRA that had hundreds of thousands of dollars in it. And they say, okay, we're out of money. We've been paying the nursing home now for three, four years. It's time to apply for Medicaid. And I say, what are you talking about? You use the IRA. And they say, oh, when you know, my husband first went in the nursing home, we called our financial advisor, and they told me that I needed to spend down, and then once I hit the right level, we could qualify for Medicaid. And they didn't see me or any other elder law attorney. And they weren't told by anyone at the nursing home that they didn't have to spend their IRA. So they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars that they would have had for themselves in old age. And now they're at a loss.
0: Oh, well, see, now so, that's what I thought, too. I thought you right to spend your own money first before Medicaid kicks well, in.
1: There are, you, you always have to contribute, and there are special rules that apply. But in New York State, IRAs are considered an exempt asset. So, you know, as long as you're taking your annual distributions, those have to be paid over. But the bulk, the balance inside that IRA is completely exempt, and Medicaid ignores it.
0: Well, what are they supposed to do? So you have to go into nursing so care. Right. And, but it's, so, okay, so now your eyes are really going to glaze over. Okay. So if you're
1: married, there are different rules than if you're single. Okay. okay. Um, so if you're married... You can transfer everything except that IRA to yourself, right? And now, for the most part, if we've done it, you should qualify as of the first of the month. So, like it's October now, we'd move everything this month. You might have to private pay for October, and then I could qualify you November first, right? And you would still have to pay over your income or some of it, but asset-wise, danger can have the assets. There's an allowance for your kids, and then we could get your care paid for.
0: So me, because now everything's moved over to his name.
1: Right. Now you're impoverished.
0: Ah. So on paper, it looks like I don't have anything but my Social Security or whatever's coming in. Right. As quote-unquote income. Right. So you would
1: roll over your retirement plan into an IRA. There are all these special rules that apply. Now, if you're a single person, your IRA is still exempt. But we've still got to get the other assets out of your name. So there's planning that gets done. So you will still private pay for a certain number of months, depending on how much you started with.
0: But don't they look back five years yes. or what? what okay. Yes. So do you yes, have absolutely? Hmm. So you have to plan five years in advance
1: if you really want to start saving. And that's why a lot of times people come see me and say, "Well, look, you know, the kids are doing well." They're not looking for anything, but we worked really hard. We want to leave some guaranteed inheritance to them. So then we talk about doing trust planning and what what assets do we want to lock up? So a lot of times people put their house in a trust. Like, okay, that's about a hundred thousand. The kids will get something out of it. And then they're okay with spending down the
0: rest. You know, I think we all want our parents to be able to spend their money because they worked hard for it and not give it to somebody else. You know, I want mom, go, right. go splurge, go exactly. have, go have fun. I don't want her to have to give it to the nursing home. Even right. though I promised my mother for the record, she's moving in you with me. You will never put her in one. No, mom right. and dad, you're moving in with me. But right. hypothetically speaking,
1: you know, the, the average nursing home stay now is about $140,000 for a year.
0: Okay. I have a question yeah. So if you claim you moved all your money over to your husband, you need mm-hmm. nursing home care, you right. don't have any money on paper, Do you get, there's a limit as to which nursing homes you can get into. I don't know if I want to be in those nursing homes.
1: Well, it's true, and that's why you don't impoverish yourself completely ah. or totally before you're in a nursing home. That's why we do a lot of what I would call crisis planning. Even for our clients who've already done their planning ahead of time, when the crisis hits, then we look to see now what needs to happen. So when there are assets, you should expect to privately pay for a time, right? I mean, the nursing homes and the workers deserve to be paid for the care they're
0: providing. Oh, God, yes, right. So, so I think it's the fact that some uh, nursing home workers are underpaid that the care yeah. is questionable and we hear these news stories. So, um, yes. That's they, a whole other topic, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then how did that couple you referred to get such bad advice encouraged to pull from their IRA?
1: You know, that was an advisor. And unfortunately, it's not the same person who's telling all these people, I've, I've encountered this from multiple advisors in town. They're not trained in this. They're trained to help you with your investments and help you find a way to create income in you know, your later years. They're there to help with your investments. They can look at the whole picture, but they don't understand the Medicaid rules as generally speaking. You really have to do your homework. Yes. Because, okay. You know, understand that if you're going to someone who's only licensed to sell insurance for your planning, your plan is going to include products. It's going to include life insurance. They're probably going to sell you annuities. Annuities for most seniors are incredibly dangerous
0: can you, you explain know? what annuity is and, and, and why annuity, it's dangerous um
1: so again I am NOT a financial planner and they do have a role for some folks but it has to be part of a tailored plan it's not a one-size-fits-all okay so there, and there are different varieties of annuities and that's why they can be dangerous because they're governed by the actual contract for the product that's being sold to you. There's not one standard, quote, annuity that's out there, all right? And it's confusing because an annuity can just be like your pension for people who have pensions, right? Mm -hmm. That's an annuity payment, but they didn't buy it, all right? When you go and you meet with someone and you purchase an annuity, you're giving them money to invest. And the easiest way to think about it is that an annuity is a set of mutual funds with a life insurance wrapper around it. So they're complex investments, right? And they're often sold to people with this guaranteed interest rate. So, of course, that's very attractive, right? The banks are not paying anything now. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're someone on a fixed income and someone says to you, you can get three, four, five percent interest, right? That's very attractive and it's guaranteed. It's not in the stock market. I mean, it kind of is because the mutual funds, but Mm -hmm. this is different. You're getting a guarantee. But the problem with annuities, and this is why it's so dangerous for seniors, is that most annuity products have what's called um, a deferred sales charge, all right? So when that advisor's, sells the annuity, they make a commission. That's how they get paid. All right? But because the annuity company pays them up front, you as the purchaser of the annuity now have a surrender period. It's not uncommon for it to be five, seven, eight, nine years long, where if you want to cash out that annuity and get your money back, you're actually going to pay a fee, a percentage Of the investment so you're paying to get your own money back
0: oh see stay away from annuities I would say so and again
1: in the right situation I've seen clients who have them who've done very well but they're typically not a hundred percent of what they own right so so that's where it's scary and the reason it's so dangerous for seniors is think about this you take your savings Right, or sometimes people have sold their home, right? Mm -hmm. Very common in Rochester. We're getting older, we're gonna be responsible. We'll sell the house that we've had for 50 years that we love. And then they meet and they take that $150,000, $200,000 and they buy an annuity with it. Now, one of them, a year later, right, early on in that surrender period, has something catastrophic happen. There's a stroke or they fall. And now they're going to be in the nursing home and we're looking at having to deal with Medicaid, right? So depending on how that's titled, it may need to be cashed in. Remember what I said about having to pay the fee to get your own money back? Mm -hmm. And if it's a single person and it's become annuitized and turned into a payment stream, well, none of that is going to be saved. Because remember I said, you do always have to pay over a portion of what you have, even when you're on Medicaid, well, if it's income, you have to contribute your income towards what's called your cost of care. So if you have an annuity that's paying you $5,000 a month, well, that's great. That's $5,000 a month that can be paid to the nursing home, right? So, and again, we want people to pay for their own care, but if you're buying into that annuity thinking it's somehow saving you, it doesn't save anything. Okay. And if it's one, and it just gets further complicated, if it's one that has a remainder available that, you know, if you haven't used it up before you passed away and there's a beneficiary or beneficiaries that can be named, if you need to apply for Medicaid, you have to name New York State as your beneficiary. Now, there's some special rules. If you have a spouse who's surviving, the spouse can still be the primary beneficiary. But this is where can just having this quick
0: conversation, you can tell how complex yes, it is, right? right. We're trying to follow you. Right. Right now, <laughs> it's just screaming in my yeah, head, in head, just, just stay right. away. Just stay away from annuities. It's safer to stay away because when you invest your money, you're putting your money somewhere, you want to get that full amount back and more, not so paying just, fees. You shouldn't have to pay right. fees for people investing your money.
1: Well, it's okay to pay a it- I mean, if they're a professional, they deserve to be paid for the advice and the results that they're getting for you. I'm not suggesting that the advisor shouldn't be paid. Just that you need to go in eyes wide open and recognize where the fees are and when they're going to hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because most people, when we're in that situation where we have to cash out an annuity and I say to them, I right, understand this is what it's going to cost to get the money back. And they look at me and say, I was never told that. Well, of course not. It was buried in the, you know, 30 pages of disclosures that they had to sign off on that they didn't read.
0: Yeah. See, this follows the same conversation that we had with um, when we were talking about um, financial Mm -hmm. abuse with the the elderly. And it is alarming how... People prey on the fact that they are very trusting individuals, or it does get so confusing. Like right now, you have totally lost a whole bunch of us. I'm sorry. No, I'm it's sorry. But it 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 taught us something that okay, here's all these questions that you need to ask. They may make it seem like, hey, this is easy. It's an it's called an annuity, and you're gonna get definitely more than what the bank will pay you. Right. You know but that but also sounds attractive, to- right?
1: I just want to be clear, Sandy. I'm not suggesting that financial advisors who sell annuities are abusing anyone. It, it's just eyes open and pay attention to what you're investing in. Yes.
0: Because, okay. Because
1: there are there are very legitimate, excellent advisors who do sell them as part of a portfolio.
0: But you got to be careful. You got to do your homework. You, do. you have to be careful. You have to do your homework. Yeah. Okay. Um, and
1: you want to under what I always suggest to people is look if it's part of the proposal. Why is it part of the proposal? And just ask, can this be mimicked in some other way? Why this product?
0: Okay. And again, ask, how are you getting paid? Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. do we, when we're thinking about long-term, mm-hmm. um, you know, wills and the estate planning and all that, Right. can we jump over directly to you or do yeah. we need other people involved?
1: Uh, You can start anywhere you want on the path. I have a lot of people who come to me first, and then I refer them out to advisors because I get to see a lot of investments in my world, but I would never pretend that I should be advising someone how to actually create retirement income or preserve assets, other than through the asset protection planning we do. But the actual inside investment, you know, how do you set up your portfolio, for the professionals.
0: Okay, and you always have to be involved. A lawyer always has to be involved when it comes to wills and estate planning, or you know, to make it legal, right? To make it a legal well, document.
1: Ideally, you know, the obviously you can go online. I'm not going to name any particular products, but I've tried them out myself, and I know they promise you that they work. But when I went through and did a power of attorney for myself on one of these sites.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It didn't even actually give me the right New York State form.
0: So oh, it didn't. Now no. how would I know it? It I you wouldn't, wouldn't.
1: Oh. until you tried to use it. And you know, if you were lucky, you would have an opportunity to fix it. But a lot of times, people don't find out until it's too late. You know, if you're using power of attorney for your dad and he's lost in, or he's lost capacity, you know, if the power of attorney is rejected, they'll say we'll go get a new one. Well, guess what? You can't sign one anymore. So now you're going to find yourself in court applying for guardianship.
0: Oh. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: You know, even for an uncontested one.
0: Can you get an online one and then have somebody review it? Um, most attorneys worth their salt will shred anything
1: that walks to the door. Oh. From one of those. okay. Look. <laughs> you're, you're going to do it our way. That's what I do. Um because I just know when we've taken the time and customized it, it works and it's the right thing rather than trying to make something else work that may or may not.
0: What should we have right now, no matter what age we are? You need advanced directives, you need a healthcare proxy,
1: you need a power of attorney.
0: Okay, healthcare proxy is what again? Healthcare proxy
1: names an agent to make medical decisions for you if you can't speak for yourself. I mean, we obviously tailor them for our clients. Okay, But that one, absolutely, you can get it in your doctor's office. You can Google it. It's very easy to get it.
0: And then how is that an official legal document after you sign it? You print it, you sign it, and then what?
1: It has to be signed in front of two witnesses who aren't named in the document. Okay. Okay. Um, And that's it. And then ideally you're going to give that to your doctor. And quite frankly, the big thing in New York to know about the healthcare proxy is your agent has to know your wishes about artificial nutrition and hydration. And so if you just download the basic form, it has some generic language that says, my agent knows my wishes. Well, you need to make sure they do. Okay. Do you want a feeding tube?
0: And your agent are are the individuals that sign the paper?
1: No, you sign the paper and you name the person who's going to be your agent, the person who can speak for you. Okay. Okay, so you want to have those conversations?
0: Okay, so healthcare proxy, we all have to have that. Okay, next.
1: Next is your power of attorney, and so that's what we deal with the most. You know, everyone calls me—not everyone, but I get a lot of calls. (laughs) Okay, I need a will, and I joke, maybe, right? If you don't have a will and you die in New York State, our statutes will direct where your assets are supposed to go, and these days. With life insurance, you know, your retirement plans, most things have beneficiary designations. So, as long as you've filled it out the way you want it and you look at it occasionally and update it, things are going to pass whether you have a will or not. All right. So, there's Uh always a default. It may not be what you want, but there is always a default that will kick in. Okay. Um, But power of attorney is really crucial because if you become disabled, You need someone who can step in and manage things for you. Otherwise, you're looking at going into court. You might not be aware of it, but your family will have a big mess to deal with. And don't assume that just because you're married, your spouse can access everything. That's a huge mess.
0: Oh. Oh, I just assumed that. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, your husband is not... (laughs) Danger is not automatically going to be able to access <laughs> nope.
0: whatever you oh, need to This do. might be a good thing. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So you have to name power of attorney to your spouse or to sure. whoever it may be. Yep. One individual or several? What would you recommend?
1: Um, it has to be someone you trust implicitly. So that usually narrows this field considerably. Okay. So, yeah, usually one. And then if you can think of someone in alternate, you can name more than one, but then you have to choose whether they can act independently or if they have to act together.
0: So it's a discussion to have. Okay, because when we had Karen Weber on, I'm Mm -hmm. bringing it up again, she was a forensic accountant, and this is what she does, and she says, the more people you have involved, the less chance one individual is going to get a little too greedy Mm -hmm. and scoop up all your money. If there's more checks and balances in place... Checks and
1: balances are great, but you also don't want to hamper people from being able to act in an emergency. So, uh-huh. for example, if I'm working with seniors and they live here and they have one child in Boston and one child in San Diego, if you name them to act jointly, think about just basically being able to pay bills, right? So, if they have to co-sign every check, there's going to be a, a little bit of a delay. All so, right. that's okay, but you just need to be mindful. Like, am I... Making choices that respect my wishes and do I understand the ramifications?
0: And power of attorney controls all financial, but also it goes beyond the finances, right?
1: Well, you're focused mainly on the finances. Okay. But yes, our, for example, our power of attorney now is about 18 pages when we get, if we throw everything in that they could possibly do because we're trying to be super comprehensive now. And in New York State, and sorry, I'm going to make your eyes glaze over again, Sandy, but I feel like I need to say it. You need to have special permission, or I should say you have to give your agent special permission if you want them to be able to make gifts for you. It's called the statutory gift rider. All right. So what that means is if you don't have a gift rider, your agent's hands can really be tied So, like when we think about gifts, we think about, oh, happy birthday or Christmas Mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody's getting married. But there are all sorts of financial transactions that would come under the header of a gift. And if there's no gift writer in place, your agent's limited to $500 in a calendar year, right? So, if you give to church every week, you're going to bump up on that $500 really quickly, inadvertently, right? And it may not be. A big problem, but if someone then goes back and is examining records, now you're in trouble.
0: Wow, these little details, you can't can you really get this online? I feel like I don't I'm thinking <laughs> do back, think? I don't know. I'm thinking of what the heck is my power attorney say? I don't know. I think wow. I just wrote one word, my husband's <laughs> name. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know there was eighteen pages. Well, It just depends on who puts it together, but so
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if if nothing else, the idea is go sit down with a professional, have what you have in place reviewed, and maybe it does work for your situation. You know, I'm not trying to scare people, but it's being aware of what your rights are. And really, my goal with every client, and I I don't normally try to speak for people, but I think it's fair to say for elder law attorneys we want to make sure that your wishes are honored right it's not just let's throw something together so that when you're gone the money goes to the kids or the charities or the
0: combination thereof that you want well see that's how i saw it to be okay i'm gone give it to the kids isn't that easy just write their name as a beneficiary and we're done Oh, Sandy, are you trying done. to make me like tell people all the horror stories? Done. We're done.
1: <laughs> My kids' names equal 50-50. We're good. <laughs> right, but they're minors. So if something happens to you in danger, yeah. they're going to come into all that money at 18.
0: There you want them to come oh. into all the life
1: insurance and your retirement benefits at
0: 18? Oh, God. I didn't think about these little things. <laughs> okay. So you have to have a clause in there that says, and this is Part of it all. This is part of the will, though. Isn't this part of the will or is this part of the power of attorney?
1: So that's why I said there's a default that will kick in. But if it's not where you like, then you work with the attorney to make sure that there's a trust for your kids, you know, so they don't get it at 18 and go off and have a lovely little shopping spree.
0: Health proxy, power of attorney, 18 pages long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're not all 18. I'm just saying, if you literally put in every single possible power. But again, that's why it should be tailored, right? You know, what's your situation? What are you dealing with? Who's in your family and who do you trust?
0: Um, But it's always changing. So do you have your clients come in every year, every few years? How do you? Right. We're a little bit different. Here, as part of our
1: planning, we build in that we want to see our clients every three years. Okay. And we actually have a system where we reach out and say, can you believe it's been three years? Why don't you come in for your review meeting? And that's all built in from the get-go. So they're just invited back in. And then we have some clients who we do see every year, and they're on one of our membership plans. So they basically pay a retainer, and we've got different levels depending on, you know, business owner versus individual versus senior who's worried about long-term care. Mm-hmm. And we just meet with them once a year. and Review the finances, review the planning. Are the right people still named? Has someone moved away? You know, what's going on? Is one of the kids getting a divorce? Do we need to change the planning, dealing with them? So three years is a good rule of thumb, though, to do a review. Okay. And Um, honestly, most people don't need to make a change every three years. But it's a nice peace of mind check-in.
0: Yeah. And then I get to see pictures of the grandkids. I love it. Oh, how (laughs) nice. So now talk us through a little bit, um, oh, God, what's the, what, what's the other thing that we, the missing piece that we don't, we're not aware of? I mean, we mentioned so much here. Um,
1: I think the only other thing that I had jotted down, Sandy, that I wanted to make sure I highlighted and if <laughs> you still listening after I made the, <laughs> go to sleep <laughs> talking about annuity. Um, if you are dealing with a crisis, remember who's paying the person who's helping you. And I'm saying that because, for example, when you're in crisis and someone goes in the hospital, and again, I'm not bashing them, hospital social workers have ridiculous caseloads. They're very caring people. But understand that their job, when they're being told by the medical staff that you're stable and it's time to go to rehab or be discharged, they just need to open that bed. Their job is isn't to help your loved one get a bed in their preferred nursing home for rehab. They just need to get you out. You know, so I have families call me and I say, you really want to be working with an independent geriatric care manager who can help you get into, hopefully, the place where you want to be. And they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. The social worker at the hospital is taking care of this for me. Sometimes that works. But if they've got a whole bunch of people to place that day and, you know, the next couple days, they may not have the time to devote to it. And if it's a difficult case, you're absolutely not going to get your preferred placement without some independent help.
0: So, so I would like you...
1: to remind people.
0: OK, so who do you have
1: to call in? I am a huge fan of geriatric care managers, and this isn't the only thing they do, but they're wonderful in a crisis with discharge planning and helping you get into an appropriate nursing home that's okay. right for your family. You know, so you're not, you know, if you're a west-sider, hopefully you don't get placed way out on the edge of the county on the east side. Yeah. You are know, it's going to okay. be that much of an ordeal to go visit your loved one.
0: So now how do they get compensated? Are They're work- privately paid
1: by your family. But remember, okay. they work for you.
0: Okay, does any insurance cover that? Or Medicaid, Medicare, any of that?
1: The geriatric care managers, no. Now, mm-hmm. there are pieces of what they do depending on how they're licensed, but that's that's beyond our discussion.
0: All right, it's tough. It's tough to plan. And you're probably listening to this, like, so exhausted. Your mind hurts because there's so much information. Um, but now you have to just, push yourself out of your comfort zone and act on something, act on one, one little piece of this and then just baby steps, move forward and get that planning in place.
1: The biggest hurdle is making the phone call and showing up to that first appointment. It really is. But once you get things organized and in place, it's done. And now you have your base and now you have the people you can lean on. If something happens, so you don't have to do it all on your own. Mm. Because if yeah. you find yourself in crisis, it is ridiculously overwhelming. And if I can, I know it's easier said than done. Don't listen to your neighbor's horror stories. Because everyone knows someone who's been through it. And all you have to do is this. Yeah. The situation was different. Their finances were different. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what was going on.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks, Angie. We can reach out to you guys at Boylan Code. Absolutely. The website is
1: www.boylancode.com, or our main line is 232-5300. Perfect. Such a huge thing
0: you're doing. Ah, thanks, Lisa. You're actually doing most of the work though. I'm just... (laughs) I'm just really learning about it with everybody else. But thank you for what you do. And thank you to everybody who's listening to the podcast and listen every week. And if you don't mind, again, just giving us a quick rating and uh, write a review. Tell us what you like about the podcast and uh, what we can improve on. Uh, Thank you for subscribing on iTunes and Google Play and checking us out on RochesterBuzz.com. You can reach out to me anytime, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. All right, it's time. To end our podcast with Father Knows Best, my dad's final two cents. Well, if you can stay calm while all around you is in complete chaos, you haven't completely understood the seriousness of the situation. And I think in finances, people take that viewpoint. They don't realize that you can't have all this debt. You can't have this credit card debt. You can't owe all this money and still stay calm, you know, you got you to gotta take control of the situation and
1: develop a plan, an action plan to get out of this mess. Dig yourself out.